It's a weird game if you think about it. Did you watch that video of Alex Lyon trying to explain hockey to like inner school kids? No. These kids had him rethinking his whole career choice because he was just like, man, that's kind of a weird game when you think about it. That, that reminds me of the, the SNL sketch when they had like the black guy do the sideline. Like, oh, that's the, one of my the, favorite. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was do that hockey. Brady Shane. That was that was Chance the Rapper. I love yeah. that was I love Brady Shane was like, that's an S, a K, and a J all together. That's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 36 of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. You already know who it is. This week with us, Augustana opening their new barn, Midco Arena, and our guest writing a piece about the Augustana student section with advice from former Misfits leadership, uh, we decided to reach out to Trent singer uh of the rink live who covers augustan and the ccha thanks for joining us trent yeah glad to be here guys uh this week we'll probably discuss the opening of midco arena mitch's misfits and their trip to the sioux including matt uh, joining them up there uh and preview the northern home and home series and probably talk about some other things around the ccha anything else guys oh sounds good we'll talk about rob spending time on a soccer podcast today yeah <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> Waste some time on that. We'll probably talk about how bad Matt feels about Sunday at some point because we can't. Nope, help football's talk. over and we're moving on. <laughs> Don't it's be all sad about that it ended now, baby. Don't be sad that it ended. Be glad that it happened. Yeah, no football season's yeah. ended and nothing is happening anymore. Everyone just decided to stop playing games. Gotcha. <laughs> so one way to watch, feel about it. There's a really good SNL skit about how football is actually done with for the year from their cold open, which was actually pretty good. I was just taking a peek at it. <laughs> all right. All I saw was the them doing the rip on the all the people that bought Stanley's. Oh, that was a good one, too. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> the big giant one was awesome. Yeah. I love all how right. all those people completely get the point of having a reusable cup. What's that? All those people completely get the point of having a reusable cup. Yeah, let's cut down on the amount of waste we're having every time we drink water by buying a billion of the same cup. Oh, yeah. But the whole we're defeating the purpose by having multiple reusable cups, right? That's your point. Yeah, yeah and like there's people that'll have like five plus, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Well, it doesn't help that work keeps giving me free ones. That's different. Do you like, like how they use the Disney font? That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, let's part. see that. That's yeah, at least at least that's like a promotional item. You didn't go out of your way to like be consumerist about it. Those no, are that's just like true. Yep. I don't know. All right. Now that we've gone on the Stanley tangent before we even start the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Trent Singer after a little thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsor. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeyDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. So, should we pivot to our... uh... Sioux trip, Matt, and you can tell us a little bit more about Michigan Tech going to Sioux St. Marie. Yeah, um, the first thing I want to do is apologize to our readers because uh, I had a I had a plan to do some bonanza editing before I got on the road to the Sioux on Friday, 
that I did not get along get around to. So I provided a small panic in the Tech Hockey Guide organizational chart to get some stuff out. But we all got it out there. Uh, thank you to Tim and our writers for doing that. So yeah, first you're, of all, you're sorry lucky I that. wasn't properly working on my day job Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, so it all worked out. Editing. Um, so yeah, it took a half day off work. Uh, shot up to the Sioux. Um, we stayed in a uh, converted church and it was the coolest thing I had ever stayed in. Like they still had all the stained glass, but they really modified it to make a really nice living space. They put the kitchen like where the uh, altar was. So uh, Evan and I made tacos like while Jesus stained glass, Jesus was looking down on us. That was kind of fun. Um, I really, the taffy is one of my favorite rinks in the conference just because of the goal horn. Like, I think we've said it on here a bunch. I just love how the goal horn is just an old ship horn and it'll shake the building. So I, I, I was unfortunate how many times we heard it on uh, Friday. Good thing we didn't hear it too much on Saturday. I'd gotten enough of it. But um, the thing for me really was that. Don't you mean at all on Saturday? Yeah, which was wonderful. That was Blake's first shutout of the year, which is wild to be saying in January. You'd think you would have a few of those by now, but it was nice to see that finally happen. Um, the big takeaway for me, though, was definitely how cool um, the current batch of Misfits kids are. And I think that is standing on the shoulders of giants of like what Tim's put forward and like how each person has put their stamp on it. And it's just everyone has... Because there's kind of this molded idea of what a tech fan is like. And I personally, like I know that I'm biased, but I like what that is. Because a lot of it is uh, geared towards like just being very pro-tech and not anti-other team. And a big credit to Lake State, first of all. I was expecting the building to be empty. They had a pretty much full student section and the rink was pretty dang full. But a side effect of that is that they have not had much of a fan culture, so they were not very happy to have opposing fans in the building. And uh, some of the parenting there was at an all-time low. We were getting, like, uh, sauce packets from middle schoolers thrown at us. And, like, there was actually, like, a group of, like, 10-year-olds that were chanting, fuck the Huskies, for, like, a good two minutes. (laughs) And I was... Come on. That's good stuff. That's amazing. Really, we have to add the explicit tag over something children were doing at a hockey game. Yes, that's it's true. But it was kind of funny because, like, with those ten kids that were being unsupervised, the only the only response the kids had for them was to do e to the x and then point at them and say they don't get it. (laughs) That was the only thing they had to say to them, and I think that was a great way to kind of put their heads down. Uh, cheer for the team, uh, have a lot of class about it, have fun no matter what, and uh, you know, go into a building that's become much more hostile of an environment than I ever remember it being. Honestly, um, as an opposing fan, I was treated worse at the Sioux than a lot of the times I've been Northern, and I've, I'm not even mad. That's just an impressive thing to have happen. <laughs> but it was, it was a wonderful trip. Um, Abby and I had fun. It was cool to be there with my friends. And even though there's not a whole lot happening in the Sioux, if you got if you got good company, it's a good time, you know. Oh, I saw I saw Nezzy. Nezzy was there for the for the Saturday game. He went up by himself while his wife and kids went to the Michigan State and Gopher game in uh, East Lansing. He was like, "Screw that! I'm going to go to the Sioux and watch by myself." And he he got in this. What I what I, I you, you're going to love this, Tim. He got in the same section as the Misfits. Like went way up, and whenever it was like way quiet. He would say a chant like once and then start looking around like, wait, who said that? And then the kids would like, the kids would, like pick it up. But I thought it was awesome because he was did, just sitting up he, there. Did he try and lead the Civ chant properly from there? Um, I, and by proper, anything, I mean the way there's we anything did it that winds Nezzy up quicker than anything else, it is doing the Civ chant, not the way he wants it. <laughs> I saw, I saw Kellen doing the Civ chant in the classic way. The thing is that it is now. Uh, far faster than Nezzy would ever want it to be, but they are doing it in the correct way by like saying the goalie's name. I I am with Nezzy on that one, but also if the if the kids are happy and they're they're vibing out, then that's really what it's all about. Not every uh, generation has someone like Jaeger to scream as loud as possible to start that, right? So right. like you gotta have that capo you, style you to get it going. Diaz. Diaz, he, he does <laughs> well he, he he do be good at yelling. 
<laughs> That's one way to say it. <laughs> yeah, and I can't say enough about that skate that we all had together. That was just a great time. Um, Papsiak actually ended up paying for all of the ice time for everybody, which was very cool of them. That makes they sense because they, 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 they made, made some comment about Tech Hockey Guide supporting that. Some like the Misfits said something about Tech Hockey Guide. I'm like, I had nothing to do with that one. Well, we so used to try to we used to try to do that. I mean, I we've skated at that barn in Mankato that way. Um, down in Madison, we found a, a local community rink to go to one year. So that used to be kind yeah. of a feature. I believe the rink that they skated at was like part of the reservation, which was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, there was there was a very wide range of skill levels there. There was one of my favorite interactions, and I, I'm sorry I didn't even get his name, but he he got on the ice for like a second, moved around for a bit, and then just like sat down and watched everything and was like smiling. And he was in, he was just like, man, um, it just gave him a whole new perspective for the entire game of hockey. Because I think that's <laughs> sure. I think that's something a lot of people don't think about is that being able to skate at an elite level is requisite to even cracking the fourth line on a hockey team, like a college hockey team. And if you don't have that, then it's, it all goes downhill from there. And you realize how tough skating is to pick up if you haven't done it before, you know? Oh, don't go and get me started on that. My daughter went through a bunch of lessons and she's already passed me. And by watching her at lessons and then watching and then trying to do that stuff and then watching the guys protect, like, I'm like, how do they do that yeah, they're, they're, so they're, easily? Like, they're, they're not even thinking and about yeah. flexibility in the ankles of your daughter compared to yours now that makes skating very different, most likely. <laughs> I know, but my ankles have never been good. So that's not really an excuse. Like, that they've always been terrible. But, like, sure. the whole, like, just like how effortlessly they turn around is amazing to me. And they, and they're doing it at like full speed. I can't even do that at a dead stop. <laughs> yeah, but once you once you're on the ice long enough, and I'm certainly not at a point where I can do it well anymore. But when I was actually skating a lot, you don't think about it; it just happens. It's just like walking; it becomes second nature to you. No, I know, I know, but it has never become that for me. At least <laughs> sure. not like the, the the transition from forwards to backwards. And I always yeah. laughed that one of the things that I hated most, like my daughter was working on, like the um like the crossovers where you have to cross over and push out sure, and all that. And you'd would, you'd do it by skating around like the center ice circle. Yep. Well, I could never practice doing it uh, counterclockwise because the rink was always, everybody goes clockwise. Well, I'm not sure, going sure. against traffic and like all the outdoor rinks have been crappy for like three years now because it's either way too cold or way too warm to skate outside. Has, has basically been Minnesota winters for the last three years. Like, I don't even know if we're going to get outdoor rinks this year at all. Yeah, I don't know. There was one in Nina that was supposed to, you know, opens up, right? But I don't know if it's it's been too damn warm. I'm looking at, you know, standing water outside everywhere right now. Haven't been able to hit any of the rinks up, and who knows how rusty my skates are at this point either. Yeah, that was the thing. It's a, it was it was an indoor and refrigerated rink. <laughs> yeah, that helps. I mean, I play broomball every weekend, but that's on broomball shoes. They're a whole different beast. Yeah playing on damn sponges basically yeah it was it was also cool because i feel like especially in our discord things get so bad right away if if the game doesn't go our way and that's you know to an extent that's not being able to be around the community and we can only interact online and see what we see but the kids after the game were like no all right that sucks let's go back to the hotel and like play cards or whatever we're gonna have a good time you know yeah Kids just easier. don't road trip like we used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Dustin. I mean, I'm I'm leaving out. Yeah, they they probably did other activities. I didn't ask. They can do what they need to do. <laughs> no, but like we we would just leave the underage people somewhere and then go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. We did that to Bethlehem many times. Like, <laughs> sorry, we're going to the bar. Figure it out. I mean, one of the <laughs> one of the greatest stories ever is Ross being woken up when he was not old enough to go to the bar to yeah, when we confirm drunk. something to Beth Lynn after we got mm-hmm. home from the bar. So mm-hmm. yeah. Drunkenly got home from the bar. Yeah. That was probably implied. I mean if you didn't come home from the bar uh, drunkenly, did you, well, you I don't know if it was worth going on that trip. Yeah. Uh so we did so what were your impressions of the games being there, Matt? The actual games. Not um, just my... the having fun cheering part. Yeah, um, I would say Friday was a frustrating game from my perspective to be there because I f- it was 
it was tangible to me how like the skill difference between these two teams and i knew that the huge opportunity tech had with uh langenegger being out and i already forget the guy who they had in there but watching him in yeah hesse he didn't impress me in warm-ups the shots that he did face really didn't impress me it seemed like if you could get a move inside to side you could get it you could get a goal in and Tech just simply wasn't able to do that. But another thing that I do want to credit Lake State for is they were really good at bottling up the neutral zone, which was, you know, that's a lot of what Tech's bread and butter is. So they were able to bottle up that neutral zone, get a couple lucky goals, and steal the game from us, which was very unfortunate to see because in my eyes, it felt like one of the games where the better team didn't win and at a time when they really needed to. But um Saturday I had a much better time at at the game anyway you know even though it was probably the most exciting one nothing game I'd seen in a while and being right on the glass for the goal when the celebration happened was just a very cool experience in an away building to hear it get that loud to have like that much of an atmosphere for the Huskies in an away building it was just there was no beating that so I'd say um I, my, my takeaways are that I think the team played fairly well. I don't think they played necessarily well enough to win on Friday, but I think they played better than they they got. But, you know, in terms of play, it's it's about what I'd expect from this year's Husky team. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I didn't think Friday was as bad as some people, but, but Joe's comments were not positive at all. He did not think that they worked hard at all on, like, the... I don't know. Like the, it's not that they're slacking, but it's also that they're not, you know, finishing their checks, putting in effort, winning, like winning battles in the corners and that kind of stuff. He talked a lot about in the post game and he talked a lot about just not being good enough. But then Saturday night, his post game comment was basically that he thought that was the most complete game that they played all season away from the puck, uh, which, which makes sense because. You know, they, they limited shots. They managed to get the shutout. Like, that's, it's not surprising that Joe would say that that's the best game away from the puck that they played when this is the first time that they were able to shut anybody out, the first time they were really able to, like, uh, dominate the shot chart and that kind of stuff and just kind of dictate the game a lot more. And it just took forever to score a goal. And and much like the effort Dustin put in last week of confirming this, um, and, and Matub would say this if he was here that you know two points is just could be just random, but it takes three points to create a trend, right? So we've got three straight weeks of producing the goaltender of the week for the CCHA to the opponent, uh, and especially when it's a kid like Hess who's playing in his what second and third or third and fourth career games for college hockey. Like, that's not what you want to be doing, letting a guy like that have, like, a 970 save percentage on you for a weekend. Uh, thankfully, they were able to get a win out of it and split, but, like, it just... It's very frustrating to see this team fall back into this situation where it just feels like such a mountainous task to score a goal. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like I need to... I'm, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. People... Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's kind of interesting that... I, I in in hearing Joe's comments, I think at the St. Thomas series, he's talking about identity, and you're in January uh, <laughs> offensively. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's to me, it's like that's that's. I mean, and maybe it's maybe it's something different too, because you did add this new piece at the break. I mean, you've got you've got somebody new in Swankler who's you know a, a lot of offense runs through. Yeah, it can be, but at the same time this isn't a new thing for Joe to yeah, be talking about identity way later in the season than you expect. And, and what I always circle back to when I hear this, and I know Dustin's comment before has been like the, the Wisconsin Badgers have first round draft picks on there and way more heralded players. But like, how does a guy like Mike Hastings walk into Madison and by game three, I can watch the game and tell you Hastings is coaching it. So Mike like, Hastings, yeah. like Mike, Mike Hastings is, is the best coach in college hockey. I know, and but I like think he's proving it this year. He is proving it. But at the same time, like I get that it won't happen by game four, but it shouldn't have to wait till February for Michigan tech. 
and I I completely agree. You know, I mean, despite the Hastings comparison, I mean, I think there's criticism to be had along these same lines that you're going on, Tim. Uh, Hastings just maybe isn't the comparison that I'd use because well, it's the most obvious one because I literally yeah. went to those games and like yeah, it is going to those. Games it is year and, one. I mean, and, he, and he's year, year one, one too. Yep. And and look at how bad. Wisconsin was with a lot of the same players last year. Like, yeah, there was a time where Wisconsin having those first round draft picks wasn't doing anything for their bottom line. You know, like yeah. it, it really like Hastings has put his hands on that program and is really like formed it into a, they formed them but, into a very formidable team this year. But I mean, seriously, how, how good is Mike Hastings? Like we've talked about it before, but Holy, like yeah, the guy just knows how to coach. He does, and he and he's got to, he got to keep his staff together for the most part. That like him and Todd know what they're doing as a group and can really find a way to get the players to buy in quickly and and fall in line with what they want to do. And that has probably been the biggest criticism of Joe is trying to understand what. Like I can completely understand that it takes a month or whatever, or they struggle through their non-conference. We're playing in, I don't think it is, but arguably on paper, it is the worst conference in the country this year. Maybe not top to bottom, but there is no top to it. So what's the excuse for not being able to create an identity out of a team before February in this conference? Like, you're not playing Wisconsin and North Dakota and and Minnesota every weekend. You're playing teams that are struggling just as much as you are to do these things. So why haven't you been able to take this team that was picked preseason to win the conference and been able to, to create that identity and actually get them to play the way you want to? Why are you still fighting that into February? And that's been, I think... Preach, like, Tim, preach. <laughs> it's been the and biggest a, criticism of Coach Sean, honestly. it, it I think it's, it's a very valid criticism. Yeah. Um, it's... And it also seems interesting that the higher our expectations are, the worse the team seems to end up being, and the lower they are, the better they seem to end up doing. Like I'm just not quite sure where how any of that uh, fits in, and how you build a program with replicable success with that kind of formula. Like I'm, you know, the biggest um, argument I'd say in favor of Joe is like. Who out there would be willing to take the job and would be and would do comparable to better? And and I think that I have a name for you, but Joe still got a job, so I don't think that's a road to go down. And, and I still <laughs> and I still think that this is Joe's job to have, and I think he has a lot of I think he has a lot of strong uh, reasons to still be the head of this program. Yeah, and it, and if we move, if the time comes to move on from Joe. I really want to make sure it is for that right guy because I don't know who could be as successful as Joe at tech right now, despite all of the frustrations that we have right now. And I need to buy a thesaurus. I've used frustrated way too many times this season (laughs) on the podcast, but it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in when you feel like your team is far underperforming the expectations you had of them this year. Yeah. And it wasn't, us that set those expectations. Right? It wasn't. Like, no, it was like, like it was the coaches and then the, yes, the coaches, was... the media, and the national media all thought Michigan Tech would be good this year. They all pretty much thought Michigan Tech, at least this season, would take the place of Minnesota State as being the flag bearer of this conference. Yeah, yeah. Pre- I mean, preseason top ten, right? Yeah, like right. ten, 10 yeah. in the country. Yep. Yeah. Right. I think that another interesting, though, you, you can't take away from the fact that he had a CCHA Rookie of the Year last year. I mean, the guys brought in great guys. And then this year, it's looking like he possibly might have another one in Isaac Gordon. Yep. I mean, like, he's got uh, – he's he's brought some great guys in, and as far as, you know, players and, – and, and I think, too, you know, not to be super critical, like, they did win one nothing that second night. And I think it is emblematic of how they need to win games. If they're going to, you know, make a run here at the end, or if, you know, if they are to win, win, you know, the Mason cup to go on into the NCAA tournament, if they're going to pull off an upset there, they're going to need to win games one, nothing two one, because 
Clearly. Yeah. Yep. They Both need to have a lot more games that they don't allow two goals. Yeah. And they, and they haven't like... done that this year. Yep. 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 No, that's very true. I And it's not like this team can't score. It feels like we have enough offense, but that like, and, and I don't put this on Joe at all, but it just feels like a, uh, like this recurring thing that we can't shake that Michigan tech just, turns players into guys that shoot it into the other team, the goalie's chest. And like, they can't, they can't pick a corner and hit it. (laughs) Right. Like they're, they're not making it challenging enough on a goalie to actually have to make a difficult save often enough. They're missing the net too much on good scoring chances. Like, I mean, literally was it Friday or Saturday night? It must've been Friday night because I didn't really get to physically watch Saturday much at all. But was it Friday night that they had back-to-back breakaways shorthanded? And, like, it didn't seem like they really even challenged the goalie much. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I was When I saw them giving up those two shorthanded breakaways, I thought that Tech was going to have the game in hand. But as soon as they missed the second one, I was like, those are chances that you're not going to get back. Like, how how often do you see games where you see one shorthanded breakaway? let alone two, one of those just, just flat out needs to be on the board. Yeah. And it was on the same penalty kill, right? It was yes. in like a mm-hmm. minute stretch of the Correct. game. Uh, like you, you can't take those opportunities and not bury them. And we've had this problem. And I, like I said, I don't necessarily blame the coach for this aspect of it, but like you, like Michigan tech has really, really failed to bail or to, to bury chances when given golden opportunities and they have failed to prevent the reverse of that when, when they make a mistake and it's hurt them all year. And that's really been the difference this season from last year. Uh, and like we've said multiple times on this podcast, I don't blame Blake Pietala for where we are, but he is not playing to the level he did last year, but I, we can't really expect him to play to the level he did last year but if he was somewhere in between the two we would probably be a lot closer to where we want to be at least within conference four or five I, wins like I, I, yeah. you could probably yeah yeah i don't know how to put it any better because i i think blake pietel is a goaltender that anybody in college hockey would be ecstatic to have but you're right that he's not been as spectacular and show-stopping as he has been like or he as he was last year like one of the things that some of the current students were telling some of the like freshmen that were just coming in they were explaining that at GLI that Blake Pietola used to play like that they used to have a game like that every night <laughs> you know like he used to be able to hold that incredible Michigan State team like down despite the fact that he was under a barrage yeah and that's not something I feel like we should, like, uh, frankly, logically be able to expect from a goaltender, but it was, it's not something we have right now, you know? Yep. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group. Serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Anything else about the Lake State series? I'm just nope. glad we squeaked out a win on Saturday. Otherwise, yeah. I'm still waiting yeah. on official comment from the CCHA about the conflicting rules in the rule book for the empty net penalty shot goal. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, that gets that was interesting because I saw them like try to give him a penalty shot, and I'm like, isn't that just an awarded goal? Like, why are we doing all this? But uh, yeah, so, we'll so be. You saw the conflicting rules, right, Matt? In the I did not see the con- I did not see the conflicting rules because the uh, game day chat at that point had gotten too toxic for my liking. Okay, but so, can't, so, you, can't you just text Marco? I emailed him. He hasn't replied yet. <laughs> I sent him the two rules screenshot and said, uh, why do these conflict and what happened on Friday night? Because there's one rule I can, well, I can pull up. My yeah. Number. Say what's the first one. What's the actual. So basically in the rule book, it says if, um, where is it here? So rule. Oh dear God. Maybe that's why he didn't reply. Cause these screenshots are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they looked fine on my phone. He's uh, probably like, God damn it, Tim. So rule 25.3 <laughs> says... All right, hold on. I'm, I'm scrolling down to him. 25.3? Yep. If at the time a penalty shot is awarded, the goalkeeper of the penalized team has been removed from the ice to substitute another player, the goalkeeper shall be permitted to return to the ice before the penalty shot is taken. When a penalty shot is... Or, hold on. It even says, when a penalty shot is awarded under rules 72.1... Or sixty-seven point two, so it's only in certain conditions. It doesn't say yeah, that so on the other copy situa- I was looking at. Yeah. There's other it's situations. Situ- situational. Penalty shot. The penalty has to be illegal entry into the game, uh, displacing the goalpost, deliberately replacing it, removing your helmet. It's, so it's only under certain conditions that that can come back in. Where does it say that? Uh, rule twenty-five point three, designated player. That's what you're referring to, right? Yeah. It literally the first line. It's when a penalty shot is awarded under Rule seventy two point one, illegal entry into the game. Yeah, sixty seven point two. In the last two minutes of regulation or any time during overtime, displacing the goalpost, deliberately displacing the goal, prevent the puck from entering, or seventy six point one, goalkeeper removing his helmet, face mask, defending player. Yeah, falling, but, but later on in the puck. next paragraph, it says it mentions a different rule, and yep. then three paragraphs later, it says. If at the time a penalty shot is awarded, it doesn't say which rules this applies to. The second to last paragraph of that rule. It doesn't say which specific situations this part applies to. Like the it does first, in the The whole first sentence is all about it being a designated. The whole first sentence qualifies the rest of it. Yeah, but the second paragraph mentions rule 73. That's not mentioned in the first paragraph. So why does rule 73 come in if it's not part of the you first have, paragraph? So you have all the first rule has when clauses and then when this applies, when this applies, when this applies. Mm-hmm. They're all just clauses to get you into that part of the rule. The actual thing that happened doesn't qualify for any of those. So the bottom part would never apply in what happened on Saturday or on uh, Friday, rather. That's how I would read that. Okay. Those, those all are qualifying conditions in the first one, two, three. They all say when, when, when. Then you go into what happens beyond that with the if statements down below. None of the whens qualify for the awarded goal rule that we got called on, right? Yeah, it's 61.1. Yep. So 61.1 has its own section of what happens. Then it says if the player designated commits a fall, blah, blah, blah. If the penalty shot is awarded, the goalkeeper with the penalty is removed to substitute. The goalkeeper shall be permitted. So that only means that if they've been substituted out, can they come back in? If the other when clauses above get to that point, you have to get through the when criteria first of the rule before you can go into the ifs even at all. So we'd never hit those bottom sections if you're, you know, I'm purely thinking at this from like a computer programming standpoint, right? If your conditions of your whatever loop are X, Y, Z, and you don't hit those, well, the other conditional statements underneath it oh, never it does... even get evaluated or touched. But it does mention Rule 61. Rule 61 is mentioned in the second paragraph. No, it's Rule 67.1. Are you guys looking at the same version of the well, rule book? That, no. I'm so, looking at this one right here, which is... It says, in the second NCAA paragraph, rules. it says, when a penalty shot is awarded under Rule 73 yeah. or Rule 61... Let me make sure. I'm looking at an NCA one. It literally says NCAA 23, 24. It's on the ACHA site, but it says the NCA ice hockey for 2022 and 23. Yeah. And these are screen caps from the PDF from ncapublications.com. Yeah, I'll go to the NCA one to make sure that I'm not looking at something a little different. What you said 71.2? Yeah, hold on. That's paragraph there. 3 for me. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. I have to do the add to cart checkout download the this NCA. Is, this makes so great stupid. radio, by the way. <laughs> 
I have to wait for my, my I have to actually download it because you know how dumb this is. Mm-hmm. All right, what rule number is it again? I'm scrolling. Twenty five point three. Twenty five three. Love that Patreon content. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So when a penalty shot is awarded under Rule seventy three and sixty one, the referee shall designate the player who has been followed as a player to take the penalty shot. Yeah, That's all that says. Yep. Yeah. So how does that if so if a foul happens under Rule sixty one, why wouldn't the if apply then? It mentions Rule sixty one above. So you're telling me that if the when, that if that wasn't there, in the other one I was looking at. So I'm reading okay. again. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole was, point. Is it's it's conflicting because then Rule sixty one point one specifically states that when an opposing goalkeeper has been removed from the ice, a player in control of the puck in the neutral zone or attacking zone is tripped or otherwise fouled with no opposition between the player and the opposing goal. Thus preventing an obvious and imminent goal, the referee shall immediately stop play and award a goal to the attacking team and assess the appropriate penalty to the offending team. So maybe they didn't actually award a penalty shot and did that. That's fine. But they sim- signaled the penalty shot. Not that they can't backtrack that and talk and realize they're wrong. But Dirk thought, Dirk and Crawford both thought Blake was coming back out to defend the penalty shot. Yeah, I wouldn't trust much of what the LSSU announcers were saying in no, terms I, of understanding no, I'm the not, I'm not trusting in general Crawford, but I I would yeah. think Dirk would understand. Um, Dave Ellis where, did seem to know that it was going to ha- be automatic, and I just where's the sure. rule for the automatic part? I, where, where's that under sixty one point one? Looks like it's page fifty three or yeah, fifty six of the PDF. I just gotta find it. So under tripping, yeah, like the last paragraph before the italicized part. Why would it be specifically under tripping? It isn't any penalty that inhibits with nobody else between you and the goal a penalty shot. Well, what a, else? A, a, an awarded goal. What else would be a penalty where you're committing it and clearly preventing an obvious goal? You could hold and do the same slashing thing. or slash. Yeah, but I would think if you're slashing, you're you're you would be. Even you have to be at least even to slash, don't you? You like, can definitely slash from behind. Okay. You haven't seen that before, yeah. mm. I guess. But it's specifically under tripping. I don't know what. That's why I don't get it. That's half the reason I don't get it. It's because it shouldn't be the only penalty that this applies to. No, it shouldn't. Because like slashing, I think is a very good example. It of, feel it I mean, feels like the like this this paragraph should be in its own rule somewhere else, like the designated player part calling out that like yeah i think it would make it would make more sense to have it like the paragraph that says if if the goalie's out it should list the the penalties that it applies to and then the other thing about just awarding a goal should also specifically call out which penalties it applies to um i don't know it's just a weird thing it's a weird game if you think about it did you watch that video of Alex Lyon trying to explain hockey to like inner school kids. No, it was just he was he, he was talking about it. He was just like, yeah, you like skate around on these these blades on your feet. And then he was, <laughs> and he was these kids had him rethinking his whole career choice because he was just like, man, that's kind of a weird game when you think about it. That, that reminds me of the the SNL sketch when they had like the black guy do the sideline. Like, oh, the, that's one of my the, favorite. Yeah, SNL that was that was, that was do that hockey. Brady Shane. That was. That was Chance the Rapper, and I love yeah. that was I love Brady Shane. It was like, that's an S, a K, and a J all together. That's going to be a no from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's our second SNL reference of the day. Yeah. Third, I yeah. forget. No, um, I'm I'm losing a lot of steam on the evening here, so I kind of want to no, get into at least, at least Northern predictions. No, all right. So Michigan Tech is doing the home and home with Northern. Which way is it this week? Uh, let me check. I believe it's Northern first and then Tech. Yeah, I think you're right because I thought on the on the radio show this morning, Dirk made it clear that the Tech game is at six o'clock. Northern first then Tech is indeed correct. Yeah, or six oh seven puck drop. So, um, yeah, big series for Michigan Tech. If if uh, Northern somehow does something very naughty and inappropriate to Michigan Tech, they will be what tied in the standings, I believe. So it's a big series to try and keep hope of home ice alive and and try and push themselves up into the top four this weekend mm-hmm. against their arch rival and and see if we can get back into our winning ways and maybe finally 
sweep a series. Not that I would actually pick that with how they've been playing, but who else is actually playing this weekend? Let's see if we can actually catch up. No Lake State and no Bemidji. You have the top two, Minnesota State and St. Thomas. That's where I'll be. So one win for Michigan Tech this weekend, and they'll be finishing the weekend third in the conference. Yeah. Um. Which I think is- one thing that uh, is kind of an overlooked this year is that is you know, Northern has had a rough year, but they've also been pretty automatic at home. Those weird dimensions that they have now with the ice that aren't quite Olympic and aren't quite NHL uh, seem to be doing something for them. And again, I think that's a great part of the game that there's like uh, there's quirks to each rink in college hockey. But I think that is a factor that works in Northern's favor. So I am going to go with the split with each of the home teams winning. That's so boring, Matt. <laughs> I understand it's boring, but of Northern's eight wins, I believe all of them are at home. I can't check that because uh, College Hockey News is not giving me scores for individual games on the I'm having the I exact same problem, but <laughs> as I put it on the blurred screen and you can't see my screen, but yes, I was looking at the same thing. Um, they are eight. They are eight thirteen and three. And they are seven three and one at home. So all but one have come on the uh, at home. Okay, so I apologize for the inaccuracy by one win. But yes, they have been. <laughs> if they're gonna win, it's most likely going to be at home. I would like to see the sweep. I've started to kind of drift towards Dustin's side, where I don't want to call a sweep until I see reason to do so. So I think that the split is most reasonable with the home teams. I understand that's boring, but that is the best evidence-based opinion I can give. Their one win was at Bowling Green. Oh, wow. Powerhouse. <laughs> a 2 nothing shutout that, that, that Joe should have known about. Yeah. They're the, <laughs> they're, the, they're the worst team in college hockey that isn't college hockey's Bishop Sycamore, Stonehill. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I am extremely proud of Stonehill for forcing overtime against a Division One institution, even if it wasn't. Yeah, you called them out. You called them out, and they rang the bell. Yep, they, most yeah, of, you want to know what? Yeah. <laughs> most forced, of that got cut to the Patreon people. They forced so. overtime against a team that I would consider legitimate, so I give them credit for that. Yep. They're turning a the corner, Matt. They're going to they're gonna beat a D1 institution this year. No, they're not. If Stonehill well, beats, uh, no, nope, I'm not even going to make that bet because I would bet something outlandish, and that's I mean, what would that's what would they be the play any, board material. Do they play any club teams from D1 schools? <laughs> no, see, Dustin, we don't even have to ask the question as to whether or not uh, Stonehill would beat a Division three institution because the answer is no. No, I'm talking club teams. I know, but I don't well, think they, they even have that on there. They're playing um, two D3 teams. In February, they lost to a D3 team earlier this year. Well, they're only non-Division One team. And they have Long Island, Lindenwood, Long Island, Anchorage, and Fairbanks left. Are they playing Anchorage in Anchorage? They're uh, playing both of them in Alaska. Okay, so I like that because Anchorage puts all of their games on YouTube for free, and I can watch them after all the other games are done. No. Yeah, so you can watch the last four games on Flow right. and YouTube. So, all right. Now that I've given my predictions and given my obligatory dunk on Stonehill, we can keep going. <laughs> Trent, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? I I like the way Northern's playing right now. Um, I mean, they they I think going into Mankato and getting two points was was huge for them. Um, and just if they, if they can build off something like that, but as we've seen, is no team has been able to really string anything together this year. Uh, Minnesota State might be the best example of it. I think they're four games above 500 now. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be boring too and say it's probably a split. Um, these two teams split uh, both home games earlier this season, right? They both correct. Yeah, home. they'll always they'll always do the home and home, and for it's one of the home and homes that actually makes sense, like St. Thomas and Mankato. When when's the last yeah. time Michigan Tech didn't win the series though, Matt? The regular um, season, anyway, before getting smoked in the playoffs, right? It's since before I started going to the institution. Yeah, so it's been a while since they haven't like won the four games here. Yeah, it's like even if it ends up being the split and then it's a tied season series, that would be the first time they haven't won it outright in a while. Yeah, because they we almost had a counter for how long it's been since 
Tech lost to Northern at hockey. It wasn't right? almost. We had that counter going for a while. That was Did the name we? of one of the episodes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this, this was a rough stretch that they just came off of, you know, because they just they played Minnesota State in the weekend before they were they were at St. Thomas. Or no, they were home against St. Thomas. So those two teams together, you know, the first place teams in the conference and and and, and to get a split, you know, get points in both of those series was is big for Northern and and then obviously kind of you know who who's to say what happens though when it's it's a rivalry and it's it's two teams that really don't like each other going against each other. So I think that I think you know, I could easily see both of them winning at home, and I think it's it sounds boring, but it makes the most sense in, in the 2023-24 CCHA. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to expect this, but it's a podcast, and it'd be boring if we all did the same thing. So I'm going to take the tech sweep because I'm going to believe that they finally turned a corner, going to get a shutout one night, and find a way to score more than Northern the other night. I, I, I'm one thing that's really concerning me about tech is the, the scoring is going down at this point. Like we were seeing three goals every weekend for a little while. And now it's two, one, one, two, three, two, one, three. And it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why the Michigan tech opponent has been goaltender of the week, the entire month of yep. January. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, until I start seeing, you know, an uptick there, it's hard to really, Man, they're and just who dropping thought down adding, too. Who would have thought adding Swinkler would cause us Somehow, to score less? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not Swinkler's fault. I'm not, you know, no. obviously. But well, the power play has been not good the entire month of January. I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah. Was so, Swinkler on the was Swinkler on the ice for Mosley's goal? Mosley uh, scored the only uh, goal on Saturday, right? Yeah, I don't know for sure. Let's look here. Just curious. Um, that does not have. All the players listed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, well, what do you think? I'm also picking a sweep from yeah, Northern. Were, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'll go with Tim's side of this one. I think we, we sweep and Swankler actually gets started finally with goal contributions. I'm going to keep picking it till what happens, Marv. I'm going to keep picking <laughs> Swankler till he's finally the start of the series. <laughs> I made the decision. I'm all in on it. Is this what you guys did to Kooks for a while, and then and then you got the breakthrough? Or well, we have a member of our Discord that, like, just for the sake of fun, like holds a uh, like everyone in the Discord is allowed to like pick a stud of the series, and then it's decided on three stars of the game plus who is decided by uh, the Michigan Tech broadcast to be the superior player of the game. So there's like a running tally of like who does the best job of like calling who's going to be the best stud of the series. And I I have committed to picking Swankler until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to have somebody on Discord that felt it was necessary to track how many days it had been since Kyle Kukinen scored a goal and how many uh, and asking the question of whether or not who was it? I forget now what two players he was asking whether or not they had scored more goals than Kyle before he scored at St. Thomas. It was one of them was Nordstrom. I forget who the other one was. Uh, Blaze Richards, I think. Let's see here. I'm almost since there. I since Arvid was, was the two. big one that you did. Since that? since I didn't get to watch the the games this last weekend, mm-hmm. did I miss any um, fun Swankler? Oh yeah, he um, was all shenanigans. He was all over the place <laughs> the... shenaniganzing. You awesome. see, that's the thing is, like, I still don't know. I haven't formed a real opinion on the guy. But what I will say is that it is entertaining that he just has a way of speaking. He's just a pain in the ass, I think. He just pisses everyone <laughs> off by existing, and it's entertaining. <laughs> I kind of think it's entertaining, too. I kind of like it. I it's the thing. The thing well, is, like, I know I hate this so much when I see it from other teams, but now that it's happening with well, someone on my team, I'm like, this he's is like Matt fun. Cook with skill. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is one of those guys where, like, you hate to play against him, but you love having him on your team. There's nothing wrong with having a guy that gets under the other team's skin a little and like changes that dynamic. And no, he was not on the ice for the one goal. It was Mosley, Gordon, Logan, Pietala. Uh, Lachlan gets and Nick Williams got the plus minus plus. Uh, so everybody has made their picks. 
uh trent thanks for joining us anything you want to plug yeah just uh if you guys read my stuff uh check it out at the rink live.com um got a, a lot of handful of writers over there who cover um multitude of teams across the the college hockey landscape including the gophers st cloud state um augustana of course and then um a little bit of coverage in the nchc and ccha and big 10 as well just more comprehensive so yeah thanks for having me on guys yeah thanks for joining us yeah anything else you guys want to say all good no i'm good to go we've gone long enough matt wants to go to bed or unwind (laughs) Mm -hmm. one minute remaining in the podcast well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Patrons at various levels get various extra content in the podcast or earlier access. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page if I actually remember to ask for questions, which I did not this week. Because I put in all that effort last week to ask for questions and nobody asked anything, so... I, I got my, my ADHD dopamine did not kick in to make me want to do it again, I think. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Livonia, or Livonia Technical Services, and Arcadia Insurance, serving most of the Midwest. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at the thank you You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.